This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendale. I usually introduce you as the people's champ. You are the people's champ. But the sure sign the apocalypse is upon us is when the people's champ picks against the Buckeyes to win a football game. You can count on one hand the amount of times that's happened. Really, probably you can count on two fingers the amount of times that's happened. And Backs on Saturday, Buckeyes favored by four and a half over Utah in the Rose Bowl. What is your prediction, sir? Well, remember last week when we did this show and I said that to me, Utah should be favored? I meant it in my mind. I really wasn't joking. I wasn't trying to shock shock people or anything here. The reality is that was before, by the way, we had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Pascal Garrett, and NPF opt out of the game. Look, the reality is at the end of the day, Ohio State can certainly win this game. I'm not saying that they are 100% going to lose. I don't know if I've ever picked against them, to be honest, in a, a one-off setting. Like, there's been plenty of times that in August, I'm like, eh, they'll go 12-1. 12-1, they'll be fine. They'll lose one somewhere, but whatever. I've never said, I think we lose this specific game. But I think Ohio State loses the Rose Bowl to Utah. And it's for a couple reasons. One, I cannot get past the fact that in bowl season, the number one indicator of any bowl game is going to be how excited people are to be there. And with Utah, this is the biggest game in program history. And that's not an exaggeration. This is bigger than the Fiesta Bowl when Urban Meyer took them to play Pitt. This is bigger than any of these other games they've played. This is the first time they're Pac-12 champions. It is their first Rose Bowl. They have their entire team ready to rock and roll, including a guy who's going to be a top half of the first round pick at linebacker who's still playing in this game, because this game means everything to them. Flip side is to Ohio State. This is a, well, let's bounce back. Hopefully it's good for next year. Sucks we lost the Michigan kind of game. It's going to be, let's see what we look like next year kind of game, right? And you can just face the importance of this football game and the fact that you had four guys opt out. That simple. And I'm not judging them for the record. Opting out is something that is well within their rights. And I hope all these guys are high NFL picks and have awesome careers. They've been great Buckeyes. At the end of the day, though, it's a business decision they're making. And it's a business decision they wouldn't have made if this game really mattered to them and really mattered to the program. It matters from a Ryan Day perspective. It matters to these coaches, sure. It's going to matter to the kids who are going to get more opportunities now, like Julian Fleming and Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Yuka. All those guys are getting opportunities. Heck, yeah, that matters to them. But when it comes down to it, football and oftentimes is a game of will. It's a game of who's going to win in the trenches. And Utah, A, is a more physical team than Ohio State this season, without question. 
And I'll push back maybe that Ohio State's offense is weaker, fancy schmancy. There's a big discussion about that on the board yesterday, and I think the stats don't bear that out at all. But defensively, the last time we saw this team, our D-line was on skates against a big physical team just like Utah's O-line is. So I don't want it to happen. I'm not rooting against Ohio State. I'll be cheering for the Buckeyes, and maybe this is me setting myself up so that I'm not disappointed too bad whenever it goes the wrong way, or I'll be even more excited when they win. But I think Utah wins this football game. I just do. I know Ohio State's a more talented team. You can make all those arguments the other way around. And I would agree with a lot of them. But the big picture is, the defining feature of this game is Utah's fans program from the water boy to the 99-year-old alumni to the four-month-old kid whose parents are Utah alumni to every single player on this team. This is the biggest game they've ever been a part of. Zero people at Ohio State are going to say that. Period. And that's why I'm picking Utah. I think the only time that I've picked against Ohio State during my time at Bucknuts in a single game, like you, there have been times, including this season, my prediction coming into this season was they would go 12-1. and There'd be a loss along the way, but they'd still make the college football playoff. That was my prediction. I said, I don't know what the loss is going to be. But as far as like specific games, when we make predictions like we're going to on the site this week, I think the only three times I've picked against Ohio State were 2008 at USC, 2014 Bama in the college football playoff. I got that one wrong, thankfully. One of the most glorious games in Ohio State's history. Um, and then last year against Bama in the national championship game. I think that's the only, those are the only three times I've ever picked against Ohio State in a single game. I'm going to pick the Buckeyes in this one. I mean, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, the point spread, it was originally like seven, seven and a half, dropped to six and a half. Now it's all the way down to four and a half. As you mentioned, uh, we knew about the four opt-outs. Now seven banks. Is also not going to play, which is not a big surprise to me from everything I've heard. He's staying back home in Orlando, did not make the trip to L.A. I have Ohio State winning this one 38-31. to 31. I think the offense is going to be too much for Utah. And I do think Ohio State, the guys that are playing in this game, which we have to remember that is by far the vast majority of the team is playing. And the coaches, I believe the coaches and the guys that are playing are highly motivated because they're sick. These are proud, tough men. They don't like to be called soft. Nobody likes to be called soft, especially Ohio State players and coaches. I think that is going to, and it's not Utah talking smack, which is good on Utah. That'd be the worst thing that you could do. I think they're sick of hearing how soft they are and how they got beat up against Michigan. And uh, I think Ohio State will be motivated enough. But you make some good points. The teams Ohio State has struggled against this year were physical teams. Oregon, which usually you don't think of Oregon as a physical team, but they were this year under Crystal Ball. Um, And, you know, while he was at Oregon. Now, Miami will be a physical team uh, due to him. Uh, Michigan, of course, and even a couple games that they won, like Penn State and Nebraska, those teams you know, won the battles at the line of scrimmage against the Buckeyes. So I think it's going to be a tough game, but I have Ohio State 38-31 in this one. Let's talk about the opt-outs. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, Garrett Wilson, we have talked about that for the, like three weeks. We knew he was going to opt out. I thought Olave was going to play. I wonder if he changed his mind. He obviously made the trip. I had heard he was probably going to play, but, you know, he was kind of on the fence. I was told, as I mentioned on the show, look out for Haskell Garrett, Nicholas Petit Ferrer. They're considering it. They've now made it official. They're not playing, as you mentioned, back. And then now Seven Banks is the fifth and final one, hopefully, that's going to opt out. Your thoughts on that? Do you understand it? Does it bother you? A little bit of both? Where, where are you at on the opt out? I, like I said a minute ago, I don't judge him for it. Um, I don't know what in the world is going on with seven banks this year, but the reality is the rest of them, they've done multiple years worth of starting work here. The NFL is right on the horizon. A life-changing payday is right on the horizon. And 
you know, we all we all remember when the linebacker from Notre Dame got hurt against OSU in the Fiesta Bowl five six years ago, and he went from a top five pick to a second rounder, and that's that's the cautionary tale, right? You don't want one of these guys to go out there. You don't want Garrett Wilson to go out there because he wants to win the Rose Bowl and tear his ACL or something awful and go from being a top 20 pick to a second or third rounder with less career prospects. I mean, like, Wilson McGavey was always the example people gave before Smith got hurt. And the reality is it's a big, long, arduous process that these guys have dedicated their lives towards to be able to get that NFL opportunity. And if you're telling me it's bad for Ohio State that they're not playing in one game that honestly isn't going to sway any recruits' decision on a single game, uh, I think you're not looking at the big picture. What's better for Ohio State? That they win the Rose Bowl that nobody will remember in two years because it's not like the Rose Bowl for all you old-timers who are losing your heads right now. The Rose Bowl is a lot of fun to watch. It's the best spectacular picture. the granddaddy of them all. We all get that. But in the big picture, in the college playoff picture, it's a disappointment for where Ohio State is. This isn't like we were, say, Michigan State this year. Michigan State had been in the Rose Bowl this year. It would have been a massive, awesome year for them. But when you're Ohio State, when you're 82 and 6 in the Big Ten in the last 10 years, not making the Big Ten championship game, losing to Michigan, it's all puke. It's all a failure. We're not going to remember this Rose Bowl. It's been cool Ohio State went. What they're going to remember is, oh, look, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are both going in the top 20 in the NFL draft, right? That's one of the things that they were going to be really excited about in the future. That'll help our recruiting. Oh, not that we won the Rose Bowl. It's going to be Garrett Wilson and Olave are first-rounders this year, and next year JSN's a first-rounder. And Keep sending them to Ohio State. If you're a quarterback or you're a first round, or a wide receiver, and you get on the field a bunch, you're probably going to be a high draft pick. That's better for the program, plain and simple. So I understand the offsets. Right in the prism of this individual game, that sucks. But I'll say this: we're in the playoffs. Zero of these guys would be opted out because at that point they'd be fighting for what their goal is, right, to win the national championship. But it also meant we would have already beaten Michigan and probably won the Big Ten. So the season itself wouldn't be sort of looked as a, well, this wasn't a good year. Let's move on to the next, right? That's what happens when you have high expectations at Ohio State. So I don't judge any of these opt-outs whatsoever. It's just the first time since I want to say USC in 2008 that I picked an individual game against Ohio State because I don't think there's been one. And I wasn't on Bucknut's staff in 08. I, w- I was just out of college. But uh, in the 10 years I've written for Bucknut, this is the first time I can remember feeling this way before a game. And it feels like that USC game where I'm like, man, there's a lot of things that have to go our way that I don't expect for us to come out of this one. So hope I'm wrong. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. But I don't judge these opt-out guys one bit. They've earned it. Yeah, I'll tell you this about uh, – I'm just excited to see some Buckeye football in three days. Um, the game is Saturday. It'll kick off, you know, a little past 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, uh, 2 p.m. local time there in Pasadena. I'm just excited to see some Buckeye football here on Saturday. Um, and to be frank, after they lost to Michigan, back, I'm thinking, I'm not going to care about this game. I mean, I think I even said, I'm sure when it rolls around, I'll care. But at the time, I'm thinking, I cannot believe – that they lost to Michigan and blew a chance of going to the playoffs. But, you know, with it now three days away, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed to see some Ohio State football. Um, let's push it forward. Last thing on the show here. Um, hey, we have uh, the entire offseason to talk about this, but I want to talk about it right now anyway. I'm curious to get your expectations for the 2022 season for Ohio State. Just your general expectations. Are they through the roof? Is it kind of wait and see, especially with Jim Knowles taking over this defense, man? I am bullish on the 2022 Buckeyes. A lot of returning starters. You know, including C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigla. And I think these young wide receivers like a Mechek Buka 
and Marvin Harrison Jr. are going to step up, and I think Knowles is going to turn this defense around. So I have very high expectations for the 2022 Buckeyes. What are your expectations for next season? Well, that's one of the reasons I'm excited about the Rose Bowl, is I can't wait to see some of these guys get their opportunity. Um, I, I really want to see these young guys succeed. I'm very excited about C.J. Stroud. But to quote somebody I think we all know very well, here's some high expectations for next season. Beat Michigan and win every other game as well. That is the standard at Ohio State. Ohio State, the last 10 years, like I just said, something like 82 and 6 in the Big Ten under the Meyer and the Day years. That is the expectation. That is the standard. You beat Michigan, you win all your games, you win the Big Ten, you get to the playoff, right? If they make the playoff, then you hope you win the championship. Like, that's awesome. But the basic baseline expectation for this hyper elite program is to be in the playoff every year, to beat your rival every year, and to win the Big Ten every year. That, that expectation doesn't change. And I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation, despite as hard of a schedule as you could imagine. They begin with a great Notre Dame team. Marcus Freeman is going to be fired up all offseason to beat the Buckeyes. And then on top of that, they have Wisconsin and Iowa from the West Division. That's not going to make life easy. Uh, at least the games finally in Columbus this year. Nobody really has talked about the fact that the game that got canceled last year not only did Michigan bag out of it like a bunch of wusses, but it would have been in Columbus, and I think it would have been more fair if the game had been in Columbus this year, but I digress. Regardless, like you said, Jim Knowles is going to come in. He's going to fix his damn defense. It's not a talent issue. Let's be real honest here. Ohio State's recruited as well as almost anybody defensively. And Jim Knowles took a bunch of three-stars at Oklahoma and made him a top-ten defense. So I expect a quick turnaround there. I'm much more excited about this offensive line next year because I think Ryan Day learned his lesson about starting four tackles this year. You get Matt Jones in there to guard. Maybe Harry Miller's healthy again. You have some road graders inside, and you get more physical again. I'm excited about that. Obviously, Travion Henderson, you got not meatball, pork chop Williams. That's another great guy for us. You got Evan Pryor, who's going to look only better this next year at running back. You've got a whole host of receivers. JSN's coming back. You got all those young guys. CJ Stroud's going to be a Heisman front running kind of guy next year again. There's no reason to expect Ohio State's going to be anything other than the standard bearer for the Big Ten, a hyper-elite program that is expecting to win all their games and make the playoffs and be a national championship serious contender, plain and simple. And if Ohio State, regardless of the win, let's say they win the Rose Bowl and they're 11-2 and two going into next season, winning the Rose Bowl, to me, is more important for next season than it is for, yay, we won the Rose Bowl. Because in and itself, it's a whatever. But if moving to Michigan, the way you bounce back and eating a physical Utah team, and a lot of these young guys from a very young Ohio State team this year learning their lesson, that's the biggest thing about this Rose Bowl to me, is having these guys springboard to the offseason with success. Because if you're going into the Notre Dame game with two straight losses to start of next season, it's going to hang over these guys. You know, you have to have success to build confidence. And I think Ohio State can do that. I really do. I'm just not optimistic here. So, yeah, next season, the expectations are as high as ever. And it would be really nice to head into the long seven, eight-month offseason with a good taste in our mouth. So I hope the Buckeyes win the Rose Bowl, but there's no reason to expect anything less than expectations of excellence for next season, period. Great stuff from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. Well, great stuff other than his terrible prediction. No, next week we're going to find out. I'm either going to be making fun of you or you're going to be saying, I told you so. It's going to be one of the I two things. I hope you so much fun of me. I will eat crow souffle, crow pie. You name it, crow food, I will eat it all. I hope I'm wrong. I don't want well, Ohio State to lose. I'm rooting for them to win. I just, my oh, brain's overriding my heart. So as much as I pick, like, I predict the Bengals are going to lose, like, 100% of the time, I'm rooting for them to win. I, there's no doubt you're going to be just rooting for the Buckeyes as much as ever. You're just actually, you know, analyzing the game. I think that's good. I think every once in a while, um, 
some of us at Bucknuts should probably pick against Ohio State. Hey, we're homers, but uh, we should be analytic homers, though. So I'm glad every once in a while we have somebody pick buck, against the Buckeyes. Buck I'm being too Buck rational this time, I think, Dave. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, we always say that's why it's Buck Nuts, not Buck rational thinkers. So uh, right now you're being Buck rational thinker. But uh, good stuff from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, again, except for his prediction, hopefully. And I uh, really appreciate it, Bax. And hope everyone has a great day. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. Let's hear the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.